We've been on this series for a while. I think we've been on this series. Yeah, I think we have. I think we've been on this series since our first Sunday back. No, no, because we had some, I don't know, anyway, we've been on it for a while. But we're going to bring it to a conclusion today, and um, I want to give you a little, a little review of some things that we've discussed and talked about um, over the last few weeks. Um, you know, through all the scriptures that we've talked about in this series, we see that God didn't give us fear, He delivered us from fear. Amen? You, you are not to live your life trying to cope with fear. That's a real popular phrase in our society. You know, well, I'm just, I'm coping. Mm, not me. No, I tried to cope and I couldn't. Amen? It didn't work. I, I mean, whom the sun sets free is free. Right? Jesus set me free, so I'm free of everything. I don't care what it is, I'm free. And I promise you that the root to everything ugly in a person's life, the root, either directly or indirectly, is some form of fear. And that fear is attached to demon spirits. That's not popular to say today, but I don't know any other way to say it. There are demon spirits that control people's lives in their soul that are born again, non-born again. You, you can be born again and, and have demons in your soul. Not in your spirit, but in your soul, in your thinking. And we just have to change our thinking. It's not as, it's not as ooh, bad as it sounds. We just have to change the way that we think. I'm telling you today, God did not create you to cope with fear. He created you to be liberated and free. Like the song we sang today, and, and I've said this to you time and time again, God has already made the way. So whatever you face day to day, whatever fears that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, He's already made the way for you to be totally free, set free of anything that has to do with fear. He's already made the way. What you and I have to do is adapt to and apply those truths to our life so that we live it out and experience the freedom from fear on a day-to-day -day basis. Can it be done? It can because he said it can. Only that. If he didn't say it, then, and he said we need to cope with fear, then we got to work it out and do the best we can. I don't have to do the best I can. I can do what he said I can do. And if he said I can do it, and I learn to believe in it, then I'll have the things that I purpose to do. Because he's helping me. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because he's my helper. He's, he, he's not the doer. He doesn't do it for you. But he'll help you do what you're supposed to do. And when you get your plan from him, fear is, is on the way out of your and my life on a day-to-day -day basis. Every day, I quote this from the book of Romans, that fear shall not and will not have dominion over my life. No dominion. I'm free from fear. Amen? So I want to give you, like I said, just quickly just going to recap a few things that we've talked about in the last few weeks, and then I want to spend just the last bit of my time on what we talked about out of 1 Corinthians 15 last week. I want to just drive those points home re regarding the fear of death. Um, 
But the definition that I've given you on freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The power or the right to act, speak, and think the way you want to, right, without hindrance or restraint. Fear brings a great hindrance and a restraint keeping you from doing things that you want to do. Many people make quality, solid choices in their life out of fear, and it will never lead you in the path of God. God will never speak to you in fear. A lot of people don't believe that. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will never speak to you in fear. The Holy Spirit will never say this. I'm confident. You, You can take it or leave it. I'm saying the Holy Spirit will never say this to you. Don't go there because if you go there, you're going to die. He will never speak to you like that. The Holy Spirit will always say, Mm-mm. still small voice. He doesn't yell like I'm yelling. He never yells. Still small voice. He'll say, uh-uh. No. Or something. I mean, he'll say whatever he wants, but I'm saying he's not going to speak to you in fear. not going to take words of fear and use those to try to get you to do what he wants you to do. That's why the Holy Spirit will not force himself on your decision making. He'll help you, he'll give you all that you need, but he'll never force you to make the right decision. And I'm telling you today, anybody that, ex- that, that chooses to receive it is free indeed. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty, freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You you know why I look at that? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care thoughts that come to my mind on a day-to-day basis. Spirit of the Lord is right here. And Burt Wimberly is free. Because the Spirit of the Lord is here. And I'm choosing to tap into his ideas and what he says, not what everybody else says. That's what I've chosen to do, is learn how to hear that voice. My conscience is the voice of my spirit. My human spirit and the Holy Spirit have been made one. And inside of me, the Holy Spirit will always speak to me what the truth is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I go before God, you know what, Lord, man, I'm, I'm... this thing's attacking me. I feel this anxiousness. I don't know what to do about this situation. And, and I'm coming to you because you said I'm free. And you said you'd give me the way out of this situation right here. So I begin to thank you now that your word is true. I hear your voice. I thank you for showing me what to do. If you don't practice that on a day-to-day basis, you'll never, you won't just trip into it. It's not going to just happen. You're not going to just one day wake up and you're going to know the voice of God. You have to practice it. Well, is that God or or not? Okay, that's good. If if you're questioning whether what you're hearing is God or not, that's good because you're developing it. Is God big enough to get it over to you? Yes, if you stay with it. Well, I made that choice and and it wasn't the right choice. Okay, all right. So, okay, uh, you think God's freaked out because you made the wrong choice? I promise you he's excited you're doing something about it. 
Father, you know what? I thought that was you. I missed it. I repent. I just thank you right now for, for this, from this day forward that I can hear your voice in a greater way. I don't care if you miss it 441 times. There's 442. It shouldn't take that long, but I'm saying, if it does, we just keep moving, right? One foot in front of the other. Just keep moving. One faith experience to the next faith experience. Not one failure to the next failure, but faith to faith. Can you say amen? amen. I love this passage. We've read this many times. Psalm 34.4, I love what David said here. I sought the Lord. In other words, David had a relationship with God. He heard me. He was confident that he heard him, and he delivered me from all fears. There's two things that are key. You have to have an ongoing relationship with God that is being developed, and when you have that, you're confident that God hears the things that you say. And when you're confident that he hears you, the deliverance manifests. So you can see that there is time period involved in causing that relationship with God to be worked on and made manifest. And when the relationship is there, and I'm confident that God hears the things that I'm asking, I'm delivered. I'm set free. There's many scriptures in the Bible that, 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 that reinforce what I just said right there, and it's the truth. The, the definition that we've used, we used a couple of them, but this is the main one that we've used concerning fear. Fear is, and this, this relates to what we're dealing with, what we've been talking about in, over the last few weeks. Fear is strong emotion caused by anticipation of danger, and, I, and then I added the word death. Danger or death. Read it again. Strong emotion caused by anticipation of danger or death. Strong anticipation. That things are going to come to pass. Remember what happened to Job? The things that he most greatly feared, what happened? They came on him. Why? Because he allowed the fear to hang around, and what did it do? It tormented him. That's what fear does. It torments us. In, in, like, think about it. If you're, let's say you're... Um, I, I heard uh, this week a friend of mine... Uh, actually, a family member of mine that that um, had a really, really, really good job. He was off for a while, and he came back to his job, and they laid him off. They said, uh, we're, we're laying off like 60% of the people. Um, how many know that fear will come after you on that situation right there? And what is fear going to say? Fear is going to say, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? Oh, my gosh, you're not going to make it. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, 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 if I lost this job, then there's not going to be any other jobs. Well, i tell you this. If, you, if God got you the job you had and you lost it, or, or, or they, they said they had to let you go, then the God that got you that job will get you the next job. If God didn't get you that job, it may be good that you got rid of it, right? No, I'm just saying. But, but, but hear me. If you don't know how to believe God, here's the greatest time in the history of your life to learn how to trust God. You see, I'm just using that as an example, but there's many examples that apply in different areas of our life. There's no time like the present to begin to believe God. God will take you where you're at, 
listen, old things are passed away. Everything's brand new. He's not holding you accountable to the mistakes you've made in the past. He'll just take you right where you're at right now. And you know what, God? I've missed it in the past. I've been afraid of everything. But today, I'm declaring Spirit of God's in me. And because Spirit of God is in me, I'm free and I'm liberated from all these things that have tried to torment my life. I promise you, God will take one thing at a time and he'll deliver you. And listen, you're not going anywhere, right? How how many are going anywhere? Huh? God doesn't need you in heaven. You need to live here, live here, and live strong here. He, He wants you to live long and strong here on planet Earth. And so you get to spend the rest of your life here developing that relationship with God, knowing God hears you, and watching and seeing God deliver you of anything that you're afraid of. We give the devil no place. I don't care what's going on out there. I promise you, heaven is not shaking in its boots over anything that's happening out there in the United States or around the planet. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness. He's given us authority. And we're here to make a difference. Can you say amen? And I promise you, teaching like this, because it's directly from the word, teaching like this will liberate your life. We talked about um, we talked about one of the weeks out of 1 John 4 and verse 18. I I want to read this and just expound for a moment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, perfected love, cast out all fear. Now, I said to you that at one time I even taught this, that that perfected love is loving other people, loving unlovely people. And you got to get good at it so that you can be free from fear. you got to be really good at loving people that you don't like or that have done you wrong. you got to get really good at that. And, I've, and I even taught that at one time. I'm telling you today, based on this passage, that there's something different here. That's putting the cart before the horse. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And that love that has to be perfected is the love that we know that he has for us. See, David knew that God loved him. He had a relationship with him. David made some some horrible mistakes that most people would be kicked out of ministry. Most people would be, you know, their backs turned on him, you know, at different times in the church world. David made some horrible mistakes. Adultery, murder, I mean, had other plans, but he had a heart for God. And God forgave him and empowered him. And in that relationship, David began to realize how much that God loved him. Listen to me. When you know how much God loves you, and you're good with who you are, you're comfortable in your skin, you're confident in the way God made you in your place and your purpose and your destiny, listen to me, you'll love unlovely people. Too many times we put the cart before the horse trying to love unlovely people. I mean, you're just not going to do it. You're not good enough to do it. You're not strong enough to do it without 
knowing how much that he loves you. You know what happens when I know how much he loves me and I, I'm reminded at different times by the Holy Ghost of what he set me free of, when I come up against people that are doing certain things or they have attitude or whatever, all of a sudden these eyes begin to see past what they're doing and it begins to see how great he is. That's what's developed on the inside of me over the last few years of praying for people in a passionate way like I'd never had prayed for before. For the last almost four years, God gave me that revelation about prayer that I've shared with you many times. And what it's done in my outlook on people and, and, and understanding why people do what they do. People do what they do because they're afraid. They're scared. Right? And if I'm not afraid because I know the, the Spirit of God is in me and I have that relationship with Him, then I can have compassion on why people do things that aren't really good. And I don't have to put my mouth on them. I don't have to talk about them. I don't have to complain about them. I mean, you know, the tendency is there to do it. Sometimes you do it and you've got to repent. You've got you to back up. So wait, wait, wait I, I don't need to do that. What I need to be speaking is the words of faith and power to see their lives opened up and set free. When you pray Ephesians 1 for people, that prayer that they have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, then their eyes are opened up to do what's right in God, not what you think they should do. Anyway, that's a little meddling. But when we know how much God loves us, when we know how much he loves us, there's not anything we can't do in life. Not anything. So I want to end this today um, looking back in 1 Corinthians. Well, before, before I, I read these two verses and they kind of lead into 1 Corinthians 15. Romans 5.12 and 5.15 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Because of Adam, sin, disobedience entered the world because of Adam and Eve. Well, because of Adam. <clears throat> and then verse 15 says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many. By one, by one man, death was destroyed. Death was destroyed. Listen to me. I, I, maybe I've met somebody that, that wanted to, but I've never met someone that had a physical condition that potentially was terminal. I've never met someone that wanted to die. I mean, you know, they, 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 after a while, people get tired and they want to move on. But not initially. Why? Because we weren't created to die. Adam and Eve were not created to die. They were created to live for, forever. And their disobedience caused death to happen. We read in Hebrews 2 where it was the fear of death that kept people in bondage all of their days. But now we've been liberated in three free through the one man. By one person's obedience, death was destroyed. 
Now, it's empowered you and I to be able to overcome that the same way. Oh, Pastor, you mean that we're, we're never going to die? No? No, but, but there's a lot to that. You know, there's a lot to it. And, and I don't have time today to spend on it, but I want to just say this. There's a lot to dying and the fear of it. Many, so many people I know today, personally, are afraid to die. Because, it, it, because to them, it's the unknown. See, death isn't the end. Death is a transition to the rest. I'm living in eternity right now. You are living in eternity right now. And if Jesus Christ is alive on the inside of you, then your eternity is with God. Because you're with Him now by the Holy Spirit. We're with Him now, but leaving this physical body is just a transition to the rest of it. It's not this separation, this death thing. I, I've actually quit, I quit even using the word death when people move on. And sometimes I'll say it anyway just because of the habit of it. But I've just, I, I want that out of my thinking. I, I don't want to think about death and dying. I'm here to live a long time. Oh, Pastor, you better knock on wood. <clears throat> you could be taken out. No. No, there's too many promises that tell me that I can live long. See, there's too many promises. Remember when I talked to you about the tithe? No difference in living long. And I can live long and strong. Literally. We don't have to give in to that, but, but we've got to understand what the one man Jesus Christ really did for us. It's, it, because it's really not about, quote, dying, because it, it's not dying like ceasing to exist. It's a transition. I'm transitioning from this life, this planet, which is a replica of heaven, and I transition over into the next life, which is a replica of this place, when you leave this body. But we can live now like heaven is here. Because it is here, Jesus brought it here. So I can live like that right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, a couple things that we talked about last week, but that I want to I wanna just just kind of drive this point home today out of 1 Corinthians 15. I'm not going to read as much as I did last week, but I read verse 57 of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I read it first last week. I'm going to do it again. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so my question that I'm asking you today, what is the victory that he gave us based on the previous 56 verses? What is the victory that Jesus Christ has given us? Paul said, but thanks be to God who has given me the victory. Okay? So, just follow with me. I'm, I'm just going to read a few verses. Um, but he, he starts out, and I'm not going to, I'm going to start with verse 12, but the 11 verses before that is where he talks about, uh, about Adam and, and Jesus and, and the things that happened. And he says this in verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. 
So what's the question that I ask you? What is the victory that we have through Christ Jesus? Us believing the fact, not just making mental assent to what the Scripture says, that yeah, yeah, Jesus did that. No, really, really believing that God sent him, Jesus lived on the earth, he made a choice in the garden not to do his own will, but the will of the Father. He went to hell, he, was ro- he, he rose on, in three days, he's ascended at the right hand of the Father, and he sits there in all authority and all dominion and all power. If that's not true, then what we're doing right here is a joke. And listen to me. You have to, listen, I'm not talking about just knowing this. I'm talking about experiencing it every day. You've got to be the one that says, when you face something day to day, he rose for you. He's at the right hand of the Father, giving you the Father's authority to handle any situation that you face on earth. You've got to believe that. Only you can. I can tell you what I believe, but I can't believe it for you. But why would you want me to believe it for you when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you who is the helper? He is the helper. And what is he doing? He's constantly available to help you do anything you need to do. Constantly. Verse 20. So the question was asked there, but then Paul just kind of just says, well, this is the way it is. In other words, this is what he believes. But now, when? Now. It was great that it was yesterday, but man, it's got to be working for me right now. And when tomorrow comes, it's got to be a now thing. Not a, well, I think so. And so, so with David, in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all fear. There was a guy that had been through some stuff, made some horrible mistakes. But he sought the Lord, and the Lord gave him extended life. An extended blessing because he was delivered of all fear. Why? Because of his relationship. And in this situation right now, he says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That was all mankind. For since by man came death through Adam, By man also came the resurrection of the dead, for as in Adam all die, but today in Christ all shall be made alive. Listen to me. The thing about it is this. You can read passages of Scripture like this, and you can think that that it pertains and relates only to your initial salvation. This is every day. Why? Because my soul is being saved every day. Meaning, my mind is being renewed on a day-to-day basis so that I'm thinking like God more and more all the time instead of allowing the enemy through people and other information to try to convince me that God really hasn't done what he said he would do. That's why it's so intense. That's why the battle is so intense. Listen, people are your problem. Government are not your problem. Politicians are not our problem. 
The mystery that's been hidden from the ages is now Christ revealed inside of me that begins to make the difference. And if it's happening in all of us here and all of us all around the planet, then we're making a difference. But it's got to be revealed day to day or from one day to the next, you will be talked out of it if you don't wake up ready and prepared to step into the next day. Well, my gosh, Pastor, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It is. Listen, I, I am a... I am a full-time Christian, part-time pastor. I am a full-time husband to my wife, part-time pastor. Because if my relationship with God isn't right and my relationship with my wife isn't right, who cares about pastoring? What's it going to produce? I can accomplish so much more in my relationship being correct and right with God I can accomplish so much more being a part-time pastor because I've dedicated my life to making sure that fear will not grip me, it will not rule me, I will not give in to this, I will not live a life of disobedience, always having to repent all the time, going back to the same old stuff, same around the same old mountain all the time. I'm not living that way. I'm not living with a pooper scooper cleaning up mess all the time. I'm not living that way. I'm going to do right first. Can we do that? Is, is, is that doable? He said it is. Because of what the one man did. See, if you hear me saying what I'm saying, and you think for a second that I'm saying that in my own power and ability, I was born at night, but not last night. I've grown up a little. I got some little bit of smart. I'm not that stupid. But if I don't take ownership of it and receive what he gave me and make it mine, I can be talked out of it. No question. So Paul said, no, he's been raised from the dead and I'm victorious. Same way with you and I, we're victorious if we realize and we know and we're experiencing that resurrection day to day. Amen? Verse 54, and I'm going to end with this. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? See, this is kind of the way it should be. So you're walking, I mean, it's a short little path. This is the beginning and there's the end. And you're walking, you're walking, you're doing your thing all through life. You're growing in the things of God. You're delivered of all fear. You're in authority in your life. You know who you are. You're accomplishing your destiny that God had planned for you before the foundation of the world. You come to the end and you just kind of shake this thing off. And we're just going to keep moving. And now, this is where we're stepping into. I don't think that'll work like Indiana Jones. <laughs> Well, Peter walked on water. You go, Pastor, don't you have the faith to do that? No, that's stupid. <clears throat> Peter walked because Jesus said, come. Come, come, come. Can you say amen? amen. And at the end of this thing, oh, death. 
I mean, I mean, I mean is that attitude, does that have attitude? Is there pride involved in that? If there is, I need to get rid of it. I'm just saying, he said, this death thing is not all it's cracked up to be. How many know, how, ma- how many have, have relatives, you know, spouses, whatever, that are, have, have passed to the other side? How, how many in here today, you have people on the other side, you know? Okay, so they're not gone. Hmm? They've just stepped over, they've transitioned, and they're just waiting for you, because I promise you, you will transition. Yeah, but I'm not going to transition being afraid of it. Because if I'm afraid of dying, then I'm going to be afraid of the dark and afraid of this and somebody's going to hurt me and I'm afraid over here. No, we got to be free of that. Spend the rest of your life developing that relationship with God. And as David said, man, I know God hears me. Wow, I'm delivered of all fear. I don't have to be afraid of anything because God is for me. If God be for me, then nobody can be against me. Can you say amen? Oh, death, oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, is disobedience. The strength of sin, disobedience, is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus. Therefore, my beloved brethren, this is the last verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding to the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the things of God. Can you say amen? Your labor is not in vain, no matter what you do. Man, there's days when you're walking with God where it just seems like God forgot your number. You know, well, I moved. Maybe you didn't realize my address is different. I mean, there's days when it feels like that. But listen to me. That's not God forgetting you. That's God just saying, just be be steadfast, immovable. Continue to abound in the work of the Lord. Because your labor is not in vain. I never forget a seed sown. I never forget anything that is done on behalf of my kingdom. And I will see that in this life and the life to come, you'll reap hundredfold. When you believe it, that's available for everybody out there. Hundredfold is not just in the financial realm. Hundredfold is in every realm. Every realm. Can you say amen to that?